If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this episode, we look at the reasons why we eat poorly after a workout. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps. Big Changes, where I share research-backed strategies to help you get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and the post-workout meal is honestly an important part of the fitness journey. It's when we refuel, restore, and recover from a tough workout. But all too often, we end up eating something that doesn't really provide us with what our body needs to fully recover. Now, there are a number of reasons why this might happen, but one thing is definite. It's doing more damage than good for our progress. But like everything else, if we want to make changes, we need to first understand what is causing the issue. And that's what we're going to be exploring in this episode. And I'm actually pretty excited for this one because in this episode, I'm going to be returning to the roots of this show. Longtime listeners will know that Tiny Leaps originally started as a way to explore the real science-backed strategies that work. Well, we're getting back to that today. We'll be looking at real research findings, going through a peer-reviewed article published in a reputable scientific journal, and we'll be trying to figure out what is actually going on so that we can use that information to benefit us. So this is going to be super good. But before we dive into it, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsors. Have you been struggling to stick with your goals? That's the exact problem I created my course, The Consistency Code, to solve. Inside the course, you'll learn how to finally make it happen. You'll learn the psychology behind why we all spend so much time setting goals and then not following through on them, as well as how to finally stick with those goals for the long term and start seeing the change you've been trying to create. Put simply, if you want to finally feel in control of your life, then this course is for you. Sign up today and start learning how to create the life you've always wanted. And here's the best part. I just dropped the price dramatically. The course was originally selling at $97, but today you can get lifetime access for just $17 with a 100% money back guarantee. So what have you got to lose? Head over to tlbc.co slash course or click the link in the description of this episode to sign up or get more details. 
plbc.co slash course, or click the link in the description of this episode. I also want to thank our other sponsor for this episode, Green Chef. It can be hard to think about dinner every single day. Does anyone else feel this way? Like somehow we live in this weird cycle where it's always just about to be dinner time and I'm always unsure of what to make. That's why I'm such a fan of Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. And Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just trying to eat a little healthier, they've got you covered with awesome recipes. And since all of the meals are put together by professional chefs, I get to follow simple directions and cook an awesome meal that tastes great without even having to think about it. Honestly, what more could you ask for? So why not join me? Go to greenchef.com slash 90 tiny leaps and use the code 90 tiny leaps to get $90 off, including free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. So head over to greenchef.com slash 90 tiny leaps and use the code 90 tiny leaps to get $90 off, including free shipping. So building the habit of eating healthily and working out regularly is already ridiculously challenging. It's something that we all strive for. It's something that we all know is important. Whether it's to lose weight or it's just to be a little bit healthier, doesn't really matter. It's something we all know that we should be shooting for, but it's ridiculously hard to stay consistent with. Life gets in the way. It's distracting. It's really easy after a long day of work when you're exhausted, when you're stressed out, when your kids have been annoying. It's really easy to just grab that quick bite. It's really easy to ignore that workout and just tell yourself that you'll get to it tomorrow. It's incredibly easy to do this. And one major strategy for actually getting it to work, for sticking with it, is to create a system of rewards. Now, I talk about this in my article and in my two-part podcast series on the differences between classical conditioning and operant conditioning. Just as a quick review, classical conditioning is essentially when you are conditioned to have a specific response to a certain stimulus. So you are driving past, this is the example I gave in the, the article, you're driving past a McDonald's logo, you see the big yellow M and it causes your mouth to water and you to start feeling hungry. That is being classically conditioned. Operant conditioning is more like you are using a system of rewards and punishments to get yourself to take action or someone else is doing that to you. So for example, if I do this workout, I'm going going to treat myself to ice cream later, right? So that's where we're going to be focusing in this episode is that operant conditioning piece, using that reward as a way to get yourself to take the action. And we're going to be diving into a research article, looking at some of the other reasons, in addition to the reward factor, looking at some of the other reasons why we eat poorly. So let's dive into that. So Natalie M. Riley. Lenny R. Vartanian and Kate Fassi aimed to, quote, develop a measure that assesses reasons why people engage in compensatory unhealthy eating, end quote, in their article titled Development of a Scale to Measure Reasons for Eating Less Healthily After Exercise, the Compensatory Unhealthy Eating Scale. 
Now, this article was published to the Health Psychology and Behavioral Medicine Journal back in August 2019. And as it said, just to unpack that a little bit, their goal was to figure out why is it that people eat poorly after a workout? So you go, you take the effort, you get to the gym, you go for a run, you do whatever it is your workout looks like. And then why is it that you're more likely to eat healthy afterwards? Now, this is an established thing. This is something that that science knows, we know individually that this is something that happens. The question is, why does it happen and how do we measure those reasons? How can we categorize those reasons? And this is an important outcome of the study is if you can develop a scale for it, if you can develop a way to measure people's individual reasons for eating poorly after a workout, then you can categorize where people fall under, what their potential risk factors are, let's say, and you can build into your program or into your your personal strategy for yourself some walls, some guardrails to stop that potential behavior before it happens. So this is what they were trying to do with the study. And here's what they found, quote, factor analysis revealed four distinct factors underlying compensatory eating, reward for effort, permission to consume, need to consume, and reduced self-control, end quote. So let's look at each of these. The first is reward for effort. So, quote, the reward for effort subscale reflects the tendency to eat less healthily after exercise in order to treat oneself. This reason for compensatory eating is consistent with previous research, which showed that feeling as though one has put more effort into exercise, i.e. burned more calories, results in greater subsequent food intake, end quote. So the idea here is that we set up, if I go for a workout, I'm going to treat myself to this thing. We set that up as a reward for this particular behavior. Now, that's not inherently bad. That's not inherently bad. And I, I want to point that out for each of these. None of these are inherently bad things to do. This isn't about good and bad, what you should do or what you shouldn't do. It's about understanding the reason so that we can make a choice. Because we can still choose to give ourselves the reward if that's what gets us to consistently get out there. If that's what gets us over the hump of building the habit. We can choose in the short term to give ourselves the reward. It's not bad to do that. But we do need to understand what it's doing to us. We do need to understand that choosing to do that has its downsides. And those downsides might be holding us back if we don't ever address them. So that's the idea here. And with this reward for effort thing, it essentially is allowing us to get out, to get that workout in, which in the short term can be a good thing, so long as long term we, after the habit is built or after we feel more comfortable or confident or whatever it is we need, we start to maybe scale that back a little bit so that we're not, quote unquote, undoing some of the progress that that workout gave us. So that's the first big reason. The second is permission to consume. So, quote, the permission to consume subscale reflects the idea that the caloric deficit created through exercising permits or allows one to eat less healthily and consume extra calories. In contrast to the need to consume subscale, which is about needing to eat more calories to recover from exercise, 
permission to consume reflects the idea that it is permissible but not necessary to eat more after exercise, end quote. So this idea is that uh, it's not so much that we aren't getting enough calories during the day. And so after a workout, we have to eat more in order to uh, uh, recover and, and support our body's growth. That's not the case here. This is us justifying to ourselves, giving ourselves permission to eat more because we worked out. And it's a little different than the reward for effort. One thing you're going to notice about all of these is ultimately about how we think about it to some extent. It's about the justification that we use to ourselves to get ourselves to take action, right? So uh, this permission to consume isn't about necessity. It's not that the body needs these extra calories. It's just that we feel we give ourselves permission to take in those extra calories because we worked out, even if we didn't set it up as a, a specific reward. So the third one is the one that we just mentioned, the need to consume, which is, quote, the need to consume subscale reflects an active desire to eat more calories after exercising to refuel the body out of necessity. So this one is important. This is uh, a, a, a fundamentally good reason to eat more after we work out. Now, it's not necessarily a good reason to eat unhealthily, but it is a good reason to eat more. You just worked out, your body needs that energy, it needs those calories to refuel itself to help with recovery. And so we want to, we feel like we physically need to eat more in order to make it happen. And then finally, number four, reduced self-control. So that is, quote, the reduced self-control subscale reflects feeling as though one has less willpower to control one's food choices after having exercised, end quote. And this one is something I've talked about before. As you go through your day, as you make good choices, you are depleting your willpower. You are making it harder and harder to make the next positive choice. And so if you especially in the beginning of your workout journey, especially in the beginning of your health journey, if you are making the choice to work out, that is a choice that's going to take away from the total amount of willpower you have available to make the choice of eating well after a workout or make the choice of uh, uh, not overeating after a workout. And so this reduced self-control uh, uh, factor comes into play and it can lead to eating unhealthily after a workout. So those are the four big reasons that this study found. It was the reward for effort, permission to consume, need to consume, and reduced self-control. And again, I want to highlight here, this is ultimately about how we feel. This is not necessarily, though there is crossover, this is not necessarily about whether or not our body needs these things, whether or not there's a physical uh, reason to do this. It's how we feel, how we justify it to ourselves. So what is the takeaway here? Because at the end of the day, this is a great study. I, I linked to it in the description. I recommend you go through and read the full thing. It's honestly fascinating. But what can we take from it? Well, first we need to, I think, recognize which of these reasons could be one, could be all, which of these reasons we typically use to justify eating poorly after a workout. Now, for me, if I were to go through this, I would choose number one, reward for effort. 
I tend to, if I don't feel like working out, if I don't feel like getting something done, I tend to use it as like, hey, you know, if I do this, then I I burned more calories so I can have the ice cream sundae that I want later or whatever, right? So I, so I make this sort of bargain with myself and that's that reward for effort. Uh, I would say I also fall under number four, that reduced self-control. And, and that's very true for me, especially days when I didn't get enough sleep the night before and I finally get a workout in, I tend to just binge more. Like it just happens more often. Um, and I, I can justify it a little bit because I give myself that permission to consume. So it's a little bit of all of them, honestly. Uh, but the two big ones, I think for me, would be reward for effort and reduce self-control. And so you first need to recognize where you might fall. The second thing is to then decide if you want to change it or not. Because like I said, these aren't inherently bad. These aren't inherently negative. They are reasons that we use to justify certain behaviors. And so if reward for effort, if I know that that's something that gets me to work out on a day when I really don't want to, if I can position a donut as the thing that's going to get me to get outside for a 20-minute session uh, jumping rope or, or in, in the gym for, for lifting or whatever it is, then that's fine with me as long as that's not a daily thing. Like that is fine for me. I don't necessarily want to change that behavior. I just want to be aware of the behavior. So you need to understand, do I want to change this or not? Is just being aware of it is enough to control how I use it and take advantage of it? Or do I actually need to sit and figure out how to put guardrails around it? So that's the second step. And then finally, if you decide that you want to put guardrails around it, you have to create a plan to minimize that particular reason. So for example, with reward for effort, if you are typically using something, just going back to my example, if you're typically using a donut or, or some type of sweet dessert as your reward for working out and you decide you want to change that, then finding a healthier reward becomes the best option. So maybe your reward becomes that you get to binge watch TV. Maybe your reward becomes that you get to have a glass of wine. Like There are things that are still vices, things that are still... Uh, 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 particular things you might crave that don't necessarily add too much or as much to your calorie count. And this is why I always talk about how it's important to have a focus, right? Like, no, you don't necessarily want to binge watch TV for five hours a night and actually have an episode coming up on uh, how that can actually lead to more depression. But you, if your focus is nutrition, then maybe that means you can sacrifice a little bit in that realm, in the, the TV watching time realm, in order to accomplish that goal. So it's really just a system of trade-offs. But finding that reason, so reward for effort, maybe you find a healthier reward. Uh, permission to consume, if you're typically giving yourself permission because you feel like, well, you know what, I worked hard, I deserve this. Then ask yourself, do you actually even want it? Do you actually want that thing right now? Do you want to undo the progress that you just made? You worked hard. Do you feel like you want to throw that away? Now, that doesn't mean, necessarily mean you're going to throw it away. Eating the donut might not actually throw that away, but you have to ask yourself. You have to address it. You can't just uh, subconsciously act. That's the ultimate problem here. 
or for example, if reduced self-control is your issue, then maybe there is no bargaining with yourself. Maybe you just have to remove the opportunity. Stop buying donuts, stop buying ice cream, stop buying cake, whatever it is that your vices are, whatever it is that that leads to you quote unquote screwing up, which I don't even like that phrase, but whatever it is that your issue is, if reduced self-control is the problem, you're not going to magically have more self-control. So just remove the vice, remove the opportunity. So ultimately here, I think the big takeaways are that we need to better understand what causes this action and then decide if we want to change it or not. If we can do that, and if we can look at these four reasons that uh, this, this wonderful article, this study found, then we put ourselves in a better position to create the change we're looking for. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking time and sharing it with me. I want to encourage you to check out today's sponsors. The first is my course. Just head over to tlbc.co slash course to learn more. It's called The Consistency Code, and it is designed to help you better understand uh, what you need to do to stay consistent in your goal setting. Head over to tlbc.co slash course or click the link in the description of this episode. And our other sponsor, Green Chef. I'm a big, big fan of Green Chef. I've used them uh, so many times in the last two years, and I think you're going to love them as well. They're the first USDA certified organic meal kit company, and they make figuring out dinner a little bit easier. So head over to greenchef.com slash 90 tiny leaps and use the code 90 tiny leaps to learn more. Thank you so much for being here. I've been Greg Clunas, and remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Yeah.